Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 367. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> what was that little... It's a pandemic. The majority of the country's on fire. Maybe before we, we dive into what we're going to be covering this week, I think it... You know, doing doing a movie podcast and talking about movies and trying to have fun and keep things light, It's it's becoming... Sometimes it's difficult to do that you know it's it's difficult to keep the energy up it's difficult to not just be talking about what's happening in this country and in this world all the time and and sometimes when you know we talk about these these movies that in the grand scheme of things are pretty insignificant it feels awkward and Mm -hmm. so I, i think that we would be remiss if we didn't mention the uh, horrific things that are happening across this country involving the the protests and it's tragic it is extremely infuriating i hear you i think that um i i can safely speak for you kevin when i say that we lend our support 100 percent to the the protests and everyone in the uh, communities who are, who are getting out there and standing up for for their rights and what they believe in. I hope everyone is remaining safe. And if you f- feel the need to get out there and, and stand up for what you believe in, please do so, but please do so safely. And also, fuck all of these white supremacists who are going out and causing all of this th- violence that's occurring. And... Uh, for the most part, fuck all these cops who are doing this stuff too. Uncalled mm-hmm. for. There's it, a lot of the footage and a lot of the videos that I saw are involved peaceful protesters who are being ruthlessly attacked by these officers for no reason. You, you, you're hearing these stories about journalists, like journalists everywhere being attacked, pepper sprayed, shot with rubber bullets by police officers. What the fuck? It's it's uncalled for, but I, th- I think it's also important to highlight all of the good that's happening around these protests, too. You don't see that so much. You see all of the violence and all of the negativity. But uh, if you look on on Twitter, I'm, and I'm hoping that we see more of this where we're, we're seeing, you know, communities gathering around this and providing things like water and food and uh there's all of these funds that have popped up that you can donate to to help bail people out who've been arrested during these protests so uh, so i think that there's also a lot of you know positivity that can be gained from this as well on that note i'm gonna try to try to power through this on the show this week we have two reviews lined up for you we'll be talking about the sci-fi film the vast of night and the latest wakaliwood action film crazy world also be going over some more watching on the watch list and new releases on vod and blu-ray thank you so much for joining us this week please remember to review us on itunes if you get a moment that'd be super helpful just a couple housekeeping notes no ryan watches a movie this week i'm having a bit of a an issue in my apartment where i have no ac and it is like 100 degrees in my apartment right now and I have all these like really high powered fans blowing to try to cool things down, but 
when I'm recording a podcast, I have to turn them off, and it gets like it's so brutally hot. And I didn't want to miss mm. this show, but I decided to to postpone Ryan watch this movie because it was like 92 degrees yesterday in my apartment, so it was, it's really bad. Uh, there, are, just a reminder: there is a new Save by the '90s out now, so uh, check that out if you get a moment. With that, I think we can dive into our first review. All right, let's start with The Vast of Night. So this is directed by Andrew Patterson, no relation to me, by the way. I have a synopsis here. In the twilight of the 1950s, on one fateful night in New Mexico, young switchboard operator Faye and charismatic radio DJ Everett discover a strange audio frequency that could change their small town and the future forever. Kevin, we'll start with you. What did you think of The Vast of Night? Uh, Pretty interesting, gotta say. Uh, and I wasn't 100% sure if this was going to work because essentially what it is, you know, really get down to it, it's just a radio drama, but in packaged in a film, which it seems like that's not going to work, and especially for an hour and a half, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But luckily enough for me it did it did work 100 percent agree with you i was a little hesitant at first with this and i do have some criticisms with it but yeah. uh there's this like undeniable charm about this movie and i can't really quite put my finger on it but i was just uh i was really really taken with it i really really enjoyed myself with this movie and i think that i think that it starts off incredibly strong and i think that it, it gets its hooks into you in that opening scene because it's very it's very fast it's very frenetic there's lots of really fast dialogue happening and the um i I think the other big highlight for me not to jump too far ahead but the camera work for me was definitely a highlight yeah and you're right about it getting off to a really strong start because the only way that this works is strong writing and then on top of that is going to be the performances of that screenplay, right? And your two main characters right off the bat show that they're more than willing, you know, up to the task. Mm, oh, absolutely, yeah. So you have Sarah McCormick playing Faye and Jake Horowitz playing Everett, and they were great. Like, they were char- they were both charismatic. They were instantly likable. You sort of formed this bond with them f- from very early on, and it was very enjoyable to spend uh, this amount of time with these people. And like you said, I mean, it is, it is by and large, it's a radio play. So there's, there's not a lot of action or anything like that. It's most of, most of what's happening as far as like these encounters and stuff and this, the strange goings on in this town is all told through like anecdotal, conversations with people on on the radio and in some like interviews that they do with people so it's all it's it's all sort of you have to interpret a lot of what's happening and it just it works for the most part i will say that there were times um specifically like the the interview that they did with the woman i felt like it it lingered on a little bit too long like i was starting it was starting to lose me in the like the latter half of that conversation and then there's also a few times when during the conversations when like when um i believe it was when Everett was interviewing the guy on the radio uh, the it just goes it cuts to black 
and you're just left yeah. with black and him telling the story. And I kind of understand what the director was going for here. We were supposed to like sort of picture it in our mind as he's describing this encounter and all of that. But uh, for me again, that went on a little bit too long. It was just a little bit dealing with too much black, too, too much darkness. Yeah. Now there's a couple of, odd choices that being one of them and then also the like okay i get the you know it's kind of introduced as this like like a twilight zone yes mm -hmm. a twilight zone type deal what it was it like paradox theater or something yeah yeah with the old style tv mm -hmm. and i was like okay that's that's a little cute i get it but then the weird decision to like occasionally Yep. Go back to the old flickering set for uh -huh. no reason whatsoever. Yeah, that didn't I work. Didn't, for, yeah, like why? Uh, yeah, that didn't sense. that didn't work for me at all either. And I felt like you know this is this is a relatively low budget movie, and I just and I'm sure that there were budget constraints, but I feel like if they were able to like shoot this on on film like 35 millimeter or better yet 16 millimeter. I think it would have looked a lot better visually um, because oh, yeah. I think that they, they do a really great job with the aesthetic. So like the costumes, the sets and all of that stuff, I think all of that worked. You know, you have the fifties cars in there. You have like the, 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 the school gymnasium and then the, the um, Faye is a switchboard operator. And those were some of my favorite scenes when she's like rapidly, you know, patching people in and, and switching that stuff around uh, I loved all of that. So I think like production design wise, they were on point, but visually like the actual video quality, I thought felt like it looked too contemporary. It had this mm -hmm. sort of um, uh, like fog over it. It was like kind of a uh, muted, like the color palette was very muted and washed out. It, it used a, very, a, a lot of the, visuals are like very very washed out looking and but it also looked very digital to me so i feel like if they shot it on film and maybe color corrected it in a different way it would have looked more authentic to be clear it wasn't a huge detractor for me it was just something that i felt like maybe they could have improved upon yeah, but and I'm, and I'm sure that it probably feels the same way could be yeah you know what i mean i'm sure that they probably looked at it too like man if we could have shot this whole film yeah, and I only I don't know if they could given some of the some of the crazy camera stuff that they do in this. Like, I mean that that scene, yeah. that that whole man, that whole opening scene when when Everett's like running around and talking to all these people at once and it's just like a really long single take shot and it's going into the the school and stuff. And then that scene when and I believe you can actually see this in a trailer. I think the first trailer I saw for this was just this, this entire scene where it's like this really incredible shot. I don't know what they, if they used like, I don't know how they did it. If they used a drone and kept it really low or if they use like an RC car or something, but the camera just flows from like the switchboard operator booth to like the radio station to the school and it's all in one continuous shot and it just looks so good i, I really loved that that scene i agree yeah because i think that was like the majority of the whole like first trailer i think was just mostly that whole 
scene. And I love that. And I, and I think that when you have a movie like this that is almost entirely based around conversations and your imagination, you know, putting, putting things together in your imagination, having really good camera work and really good cinematography goes, it's so important because a lot of the focus is put on that when it's all dialogue based. And I think in this case, they really knocked it out of the park with, with the camera work. Yeah. Cause I mean, you don't have a lot to do here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have a whole lot of uh, space to really play with the camera work too much. And the fact that they were able to get some things in there to make it memorable and liven it up a little bit, you know what I mean? It's pretty impressive considering that the majority of this is at most two people conversing mm-hmm. and that's it. I really, really enjoyed this. You, even though there were, I had a few minor quibbles with it. It's a movie that stuck with me for days after I watched it and I, definitely recommend it and it's available on amazon prime so you can watch it on amazon prime if you are a prime member i also appreciate that they were able to get the the 50s 50s era basketball oh yeah (laughs) it's so boring (laughs) (laughs) i love how the whole town was at the at the game and and that's the thing like this town you know we're predominantly focused on two characters but everything in this town feels so alive. Like they did such an amazing job of fleshing out this, this little place in New Mexico. And I, and I loved like the downtown scenes and stuff, man, that they just, they did such a great job with it. They did. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the vast of night before we give this a score? No, I don't think so. All right. I'm sitting at like a seven and a half on this one. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a seven, I think. All right. Again, that is on Amazon Prime, so definitely check it out. Now, just be forewarned, it is like lo-fi. It's very lo-fi, so don't expect a lot of aliens, alien action. It's it's still it's storytelling. It's really great Good storytelling, storytelling, and I think I think there's something special here with this. Moving on, we're talking about Crazy World. This is the latest from director Nabwana IGG. Uh, you probably know his stuff if you're familiar with any of the Wakaliwood titles. This premiered at TIFF, and it is now available on the We Are One Film Festival, which is an online film festival. Now, if you're not familiar with this, uh, all of the major film festivals from around the world, including TIFF and Cannes and Sundance and Tribeca, all the biggies, they sort of came together and curated this free online film festival that's happening right now. You can go on YouTube and look at their YouTube channel and watch all the movies completely for free. Now they premiere at different times and they're available for one week from the premiere date. So crazy world premiered Friday and it'll be available for one week. So you, as of right now, you can go on to YouTube and watch this movie completely for free however they are accepting donations so uh, if you you know check out the film festival and you like what you see i would consider donating i think that this is a really cool idea uh, especially given the times we're in and i would uh, encourage everyone to check out the lineup and watch watch some stuff uh, including crazy world i have a synopsis here yeah. <laughs> Children are being kidnapped and killed for the magical properties their blood is believed to contain. 
Two fathers, one of whom has been driven crazy from the loss of both his wife and daughter, and the other of which, who believes his son is still alive, join together in an attempt at rescue and or revenge. At the same time... (laughs) Either one. Either, whatever. Whatever Whatever happens first. At the same time, the kidnapped children are planning their escape. Now, we're both familiar with the Wakaliwood stuff i think we're both i think it's safe to say we're both fans of the wakaliwood stuff Definitely. and to me i think this is this is my favorite of all of them so far okay there's something about this movie that, that i just immediately loved and i think it was i think it's due to the fact that the movie the, the movie begins with them talking about how this movie is on YouTube and you're watching it on YouTube. And then they're like trying to the the piracy police come in and they're asking you to not pirate the movie and stuff. And it just got me thinking about how unique the Wakaliwood movies are. And, you know, there's a million, there's a million action movies out there and there's tons of like low budget straight to VOD action movies that you know people don't put any effort into these things and they just churn them out there's there's a, a certain amount of effort that that is just missing from those movies but when you see a movie from the Wakaliwood guys it just oozes with creativity and originality and i just kind of love them on those merits alone and you know w- when do you ever see movies that have intros like that to that like it's there's just nothing like it no and uh, the fact that they, it has it has color commentary throughout you know oh, yeah. no move i don't i don't know of any other movies that have a vj emmy absolutely like not and, and you know i found yeah. uh what was uh i just watched a Hollywood movie recently one that i never saw all bad black yeah and i found i found vj emmy's uh commentary in bad black to be distracting because i because i because i thought that the story of bad black was really good on its own and it i felt like the the commentary from vjme cheapened this the story a little bit but then but in crazy world i felt pretty much the exact opposite it didn't seem like he was in it that much on this one you didn't feel like there was a lot of commentary no it was I mean, maybe I'm just misremembering Bad Black, but I felt like there was there was more of him. This one seems kind of kind of toned down. Well, maybe that's why but I liked it. Be wrong. Maybe. <laughs> well, with with Bad Black, it was pretty much constant commentary. Yeah, that's what I want. And he gets me hyped up. He's the hype man. Yeah, he is the hype man. But at any rate, I I liked his commentary in in Crazy World, and I thought it was more fitting than in bad black. Cause I felt like this, I felt like even though the subject matter in crazy world is still, when you boil it down, it's still pretty serious. I mean, they deal with some serious topics here and, but I felt that crazy world was a lot more comical and goofy than bad black was. That's not to say that bad black was like super serious, but I don't know. I found this to be a lot more fun. There's a lot going on in this movie. I think, you know, between you have the, the mainstay of BJME in there, which livens things up throughout. 
uh, especially his laugh. Just his laugh alone, that little thing that he does. I just love that. Uh, the opening, the whole way that that's set up. Uh, if, you know, then they even interrupt like halfway through and go back to that. Which, which I loved. <laughs> I, I loved that they did that. And I love the, the helicopter going backwards and the helicopter <laughs> yeah. being taken down by baguettes. Uh, like it's just, it's so ridiculous and it's so fun. I don't understand how you, how anyone can not like it. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, do, I agree. It doesn't seem fathomable to me. I agree. And, and I think that with every new movie they release, each one is a little bit more assured than the last. Like I thought that, this one was like just the filmmaking quality I thought was significantly better in this one. Like, I feel like they're really starting to hone their craft and like there's a lot of like really good filmmaking in this. Like the editing is, is a a lot, a lot better in this. And a lot of like the, the camera work is really impressive. And even like the, the action scenes I thought were, more complex in this one and better, like better choreographed. I mean, there's a lot of fighting and a lot of shooting and stuff going on. And yes, if you've seen any of the other ones, you'll know that they like to use after effects and like just load it up with crazy after effects stuff. And that happens in this too. But like the hand to hand fighting and stuff was all really good. And I just really enjoyed myself. I I did love the scene when the one guy gets exploded and DVJ he goes banana everywhere because for some reason when the guy explodes, a banana comes out of him. Uh, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed like towards the end when, especially when he goes on like his little kill spree and, mm-hmm. he, and it's keeping track and he levels up. And then when they do the combo, there, there <laughs> was a combo. There was another scene. I can't remember what it was. Like somebody got hit in the head or something, and they added this like animated like bonking graphic, and it looked re- like it looked really good. It was really well placed. Yeah, no, they like that towards the end where they they really start letting loose mm-hmm. and putting in the video game stuff. They do it so perfectly. Yeah, the like Scott Pilgrim style. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it it just really added to the whole finale of the you know the ridiculousness of this whole thing. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen any of the Hollywood movies, I would highly recommend it. I think that this is a good place to start, uh, simply because it is free. It's available. Now, if you have Amazon prime, I think there's a few of them on Amazon prime too. You can check out. And if you watch one of them and you're like, wow, I don't like this. Just stop. Yeah. Stop there. Cause <laughs> then you're done. You're not, you're not, it's not gonna, none of them are different. I mean, they're different in ways, but it's kind of the... They have their own style. They have a very specific... Yeah, there's a consistency. Yeah, there's a very specific style. But there, but there's also this this really great... I mean, just the level of creativity in these movies. Like, the fact that they're just constantly breaking the fourth wall, and it's just... It's something that you don't see in other movies. And not only that, but just the level of ambition that, that these guys have. I mean, this is... These are movies shot for no money at all in uh you know a very small village and like they turn out so good and so entertaining i just i love it oh yeah and then i think like that's that's part of the charm too is that they try and do the big stuff 
you know, like cars flipping over, but they're not actual cars, obviously, or, you know, the helicopter stuff. I did. And that's why it's just so great. I really loved that scene when the one guy, he like fell, he was like on a roof and he fell and he landed on the motorcycle on the dirt bike. And it was like, it clearly, it was like done with green screen, but I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. And I think that like they tapped into that. They, like, and I think that that's, it also comes down to the viewer, your, you know, you yourself. If if you're able to kind of embrace your imagination, it's it's like it's kid stuff, and it's awesome. Yeah, there's this and it's so much fun, and it doesn't distract from it at all, and it it actually makes it even better. And you're just like, you know what? I actually like this more so than like good CGI. Exactly. Or, you know, good effects with stuff blown on. Like, I'd much rather see uh, a building blow up and it's like little, little blocks of a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's this DIY mentality to their movies that is just so utterly charming. And, yeah. And there's no one, no one's doing that. Like, you have plenty of DIY comedies, dramas, dramedies, you know, that type of thing. But no one, has the has the backbone to do it like i'm gonna do straight up action movies big action i'm not gonna movies. work with it <laughs> you know i'm not gonna be hindered by my you know by my budget nope i'm gonna find a way and i don't care what it looks like there's yeah there's a documentary about a new documentary about macaulay wood that's coming out hopefully this year i can't it, it premiered at a festival but i can't remember i think it was gonna be at south by and then it, it obviously that was canceled so but I really want to see it because I know the vice did a little thing about them like years ago, but I want to, I want to see like a, like a full on feature length documentary. And it's funny because I remember you talking about that. I don't know if it was the last show or the show before. So when this movie started and he's kind of like, you know, it's the director himself kind of like showing you around. I was like, Oh, this is the documentary. Cool. And then, and then it just turned into a real movie. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, not only do they break the fourth wall, but a lot of the humor is very meta too. Like, there's a scene later on in the movie when they they show the director with, I guess, his kids. But there's like that scene when they go in and he's like sitting there and he's watching his own movie, and the the, the piracy police come after him for his own movie, and it's just it's just so great, man. It's just so great. I also. I also enjoyed that the, there's numerous times throughout the movie where a new character is introduced. So BJM, he does, you know, like a little like introductionary to tell you where you, you yeah. might know this person yeah. from. And then it'll cut to like clips from that movie, yep. <laughs> like a little highlight reel. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Anything else to add about crazy world? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh yeah. And all these movies are, have very brisk run times too. Like so they're oh, not, yeah. they're not bogging you down with the runtime on these movies either. Like this one was like an hour and according to IMDb, it was an hour and 22 minutes. I don't, I think it might've been shorter than that even. No, it was only like an hour. Yeah. And that, and that's with the added stuff. Cause I, I know they had to have added that stuff on at the beginning with the, with the YouTube stuff like that had to be new, right? Like that couldn't have been the same I, one that they had at TIFF. Because how would they have known no. that it was going to be on YouTube? So all that was new. And then, like, the other, the middle part was new, too, because it had all of those 
they, they got all like the fans and stuff who were in quarantine because of COVID. Yeah. So, so I think like originally maybe this movie's like thirty seven minutes long, thirty nine. <laughs> it's, it's kind of insane, but it's also weird because IMDb shows that this is a twenty fourteen movie. Yeah, according to IMDb, it came out in Uganda in twenty fourteen. So maybe it is like an tw- older. I don't know. And then twenty sixteen on the internet in Uganda, which and also now, yeah, which also just, I don't I don't know. Crazy world. I also love the globe shooting itself. It, yeah, the funny thing is, like, because I, I saw the poster b- before I saw the movie, and then the fact that that's actually in the movie, I was like, yes, <laughs> they put it in the movie. <laughs> love it. Love uh, it. Yeah. Anyway, highly recommend. Crazy world. Kevin, what are you gonna give it out of ten? You, you can't. <laughs> like that's the best thing about these movies. You can't. There's no point. Yeah, there's no point in in rating them. It's you just have to see them. Yeah, does it make you smile or not? I think that's that's really what it comes down to. For me, I think Crazy World is is their best that I've seen yet. But I've only seen Bad Black and Who Killed Captain Alex. I definitely want I, much like VJ Emmy. I would like to see the Uncle Benin movie. Like when you shit that little sizzle reel. I mean, he's like, I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Like, this movie is really quotable. Like, if you're if you're into movies that can be that you can quote, there's so many oh, yeah. so many one liners and stuff in this. Like, just hilarious, like non sequiturs all over the place. Definitely, they're a very quotable movie. They're just so well placed when that kid does the the leg thing and VJM just yells out Van Damme. Yeah. Like, come on. All right. Let's dive into our watch list. Uh, I think it is my turn to go first. I mentioned last week that I was checking out the uh, Chattanooga film festival, which was online. And I caught up with uh, a few other titles from that since, since last week, the first being scare package now, this one is probably one of my favorites of the festival. This is a horror anthology. And, uh, you know, these days, the horror anthology for me is... is there, ha- there haven't really been many good ones out there recently. I think the last one that I really, really liked was Southbound. I think you liked that one, too, if I remember correctly. I think so. I, th- I think we were, we were both into that one. This one's interesting because it is, it's seven stories and it is kind of a, it's a very like meta horror story. So, so all of them sort of play around with horror tropes and it's clearly a movie made by horror fans for horror fans. There's lots of like winks and nods and references and all of the stories are very much horror comedy focused so none of them are really to be taken too seriously and while like any other anthology you have some some strong entries and some weak entries i thought that most of these were entertaining and none of them were like downright awful so i don't know when this is going to actually be out but i definitely i would recommend if you especially if you're a fan of horror check out scare package. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
Well, I watched one, so it'll be quick for me. And that's No Fee No Fee. This is a, a documentary currently on movie. It was on originally a part of their, you know, their one month type deal in partnership with the Museum of Movie and Image, but it is a part of their library now that you can go on. I don't know how long the library thing's going to last on the movie to take advantage of it. Uh, this is a relatively short documentary, a slice of life type deal um, in Madagascar about a, a guy that owns a, like a hair salon. He's a barber. And the first, like right at the beginning of the movie, his main shop, he's like on the main street. Business is great. But the city tears it down, kicks him out. So now he's like, now he moves to like the poor district and he's trying to apply his trade there. And he's trying to find like a new kiosk, like in a prime location to, to get back at it. And it's really just, you know, slice of life, just, you know, day to day, what he does. Uh, it is just a touch redundant because the day to day of his life is not that much going on. So it, thankfully, it's short. So that definitely helps. Because if this was much longer, it, I don't think it would be able to withstand that. But it does have a nice ending because it all kind of comes together in this, you know, the, the title itself is about, you know, dreams in the Malagasy language. And so at the end, it's like him cutting someone's hair and there's a bunch of people hanging out, you know, in the shop. And he's just like, you know, what are, what are your dreams? And it kind of just goes around to all the people like hanging out in the shop, like what their personal dreams are, what their dreams are from Madagascar as a country, like what they would like to see. So it, it, to me, it's kind of like it's in the middle. You know, it's a nice little documentary. I don't know. It doesn't really stand out too much to me, um, but it's definitely worth a look, and especially for, you know, I can't imagine there's that many documentaries. Slice of Life documentaries from Madagascar. So it's definitely something that I would uh, suggest for, you know, like an early morning, like a nice early Sunday morning viewing. Nice cup of coffee, mm -hmm. sit down in front of the TV, computer, watch some No Fee, No Fee. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And that's on Mubi, so you can check it out on there. Uh, continuing with the uh, Chattanooga Film Festival, I saw Dementor, which is uh, the new one from Chad Crawford Kinkle. Uh, you might remember that name from Jugface, which is a movie that came out quite a while ago. It was a long time ago. 2013, that one came out. I, re I really like Jugface. Uh, but Dementor, not so much. This is... Mm. This is not uh, not so much a movie for me. It felt, and, and I I hesitate to say this because it probably wasn't, and it was probably done all in a very respectful way. But it, it at times felt a little exploitative to me, and I I'm sure that's probably not even true. But it's just that's kind of how it felt. It's not the main reason I didn't really gel with this movie. So it's about a a woman who was in a, a cult she was in like a really weird cult that was led by larry fessenden so mm -hmm. that it has mm -hmm. that going for it 
and she escaped the cult and she gets a job as a um a caregiver in a group home and so she she's taking care of these special needs adults and she through i don't she she thinks that one of them is in danger and she has to like sort of utilize the things that she learned in the cult in order to quote unquote like save this this uh woman with down syndrome and mm-hmm. the way that it's shot is very much like sort of a docudrama style where it's all like done in handheld and it all feels very realistic um especially when she's like going into the like uh care facilities and interviewing people and working with the the special needs individuals in in the the uh facilities and stuff and i kind of like that but at the same time again it's like do these people know that you're like shooting a horror movie with them and and i don't Mm. i don't know there's just something about it that just didn't really feel right to me uh it's very it's kind of surrealist in its horror and it's not particularly like scary or very compelling so overall it just really wasn't my jam was not into dementor no that that does not yeah that does not sound good worse yet was a movie called oh. eat, eat brains love no just that title uh, i know i was already like eh, i don't think so but this is a horror comedy directed by rodman flender now rodman flender that's not, that's not a real name <laughs> it, it is it is it's a real name Rodman Flender wow. directed Idle Hands. Oh, okay. So that's that was one of the reasons I was like, all right, the Idle the guy who directed Idle Hands is back in a in another horror comedy. Does it does it uh live up to Idle Hands? The answer is absolutely not. It is really bad. In fact, I hated this movie. I, I had to watch it I had to turn it off four separate times. I could I could barely get through it. It is unfunny. The the jokes are juvenile, very lowbrow, and the story is just something that we've seen before. It felt like a like a rip off of the show I Zombie, which I wasn't really a big fan of to begin with. There, just yeah, nothing original here, and and there's really bad narration in it too like throughout the whole thing that absolutely doesn't work. And then on top of that, the ending quote unquote ending is not even an ending. It just ends. And I guess they, they're trying to like set it up with this kind of cliffhanger ending for a sequel, maybe, but come on. So anyway, eat brains, love absolute pass on that hard pass. Probably one of the worst things I've seen this year. Wow. Uh, one, one, one of the more interesting ones at the film festival is a movie called Jumbo by Zoe Whit- Whittock. Uh, this is a, uh, it's a French film about a woman who falls in love with an amusement park ride. Uh-huh. And it's, it's based on a true story. I think there was a... Um, an episode of that, I think it was maybe My Strange Addiction or something like that, where it was about a woman who like had a relationship with like a tilt-a-whirl machine. 
Uh-huh. And it's, uh, this is based on that. It stars uh, Noemi Merlant. It's she's most notably she was in uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and she plays this sort of introverted young woman who doesn't have any like real human connections, and she falls in love with an amusement park ride. She works third shift at this amusement park, cleaning it up and stuff, and she. You know, she just, it just happens, you know, just like most relationships. It's just, she just falls into it, falls into it. And yeah. she, she names, even though the amusement park or even though the ride is not called jumbo, she names him jumbo. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's definitely unique. It's sort of a coming of age story, but there's a, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of heart in, in this it's yes, it's odd, but it's all played very straight. Like it's a drama. Like it's not funny. And the way that they visually represent the relationship between her and Jumbo is pretty interesting. Like there's some unique imagery happening here. It sort of reminded me of under the skin where there's a lot of like black liquids hmm. so jumbo yeah maybe wow. check maybe check that out I, I i would actually recommend jumbo in fact i think that was probably my top my top one my top pick from chattanooga this year great festival by the way uh i saw blood machines this is on shutter so if oh, you yeah. if you have shutter you might want to check out blood machines this is directed by seth ickerman the interesting thing about this is that it's 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 a movie, I guess, but it's three it's three parts. Each part is only about fifteen to twenty minutes long. The whole the whole movie is only fifty minutes, so it's less than an hour. And it feels like I mean, if you're familiar with Seth Ickerman's work, he does a lot of music videos and stuff for um, Carpenter Brute. It's like that. I mean, this is like basically a sequel to his turbo killer video that he did for Carpenter Brute, which, which is really a really awesome video that I'd recommend looking up. Um, it's sort of this very ambitious sci-fi story about uh, a ship, like a downed spaceship. And these two, like, I guess they're like scavengers. They, they're working for some like corporation and they go to like pick up the, the ship for like scrap or whatever. And it turns out that the ship is like alive. Like it has an entity inside of it, which escapes. It's very cerebral. Um, but on a visual level, there's just, there's nothing like it. I mean, it is just outstanding visually. Narratively speaking, I don't think there's a whole lot here. I think that this is like, it could be the start of something really cool like the world building is there like i, I want mm-hmm. more of this world but blood machines as it is there's just not a lot there with the story there's a lot of like surreal imagery a lot of it feels sort of like a music video but i wanted more in, in the way of narrative so Maybe a light recommend just because it's only 50 minutes and it's split into three sections. 
So like you can watch the first one and there's like an end point to it too. So it's almost like they're, it's almost episodic. So you can watch the first one and if it, you know, if it's, if it hooks you, you can continue. And if not, then you're out like 15 minutes, you know, let's talk about what we have on VOD this week, June 2nd. We got a clear shot. Got the infiltrators. Uh, a clear shot is uh, Mario Van Peebles, by the way. It's an yeah. action movie. Uh, then we have The Infiltrators, which I believe is a documentary. And I think uh, Oscilloscope is putting that out. We got Punching and Stealing. We got Searching Eva. And then on the 5th, we have Yourself and Yours, which is a virtual theatrical release. Got The Hammer. With Will Patton and Mark O'Brien. It's got a nice poster. I like the poster. Hand-painted poster. Don't see those too much these days. Uh, Tommaso. That's also a virtual theatrical release. That is the, the new one from Abel Ferrara. Starring Willem Dafoe. Nice. Yeah, I'm interested. We got Judy and Punch. This is with uh, Mia Wasikowska and Damon Harriman. Um, we got 2040. That's a, a virtual theatrical release as well. We got Dreamland. As you pointed out to me earlier this week, this is from the guy who did Pontypool, Bruce McDonald, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I totally didn't know, but now I'm interested. Stephen McCaddy, Henry Rollins, Juliet Lewis. So, so it should be a weird one. Yeah. That's what I've heard. We got Becky. Now, Becky is, this is an interesting one because it features Lulu Wilson, Kevin James in a dramatic role. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is that one. Yeah. He plays like, I don't know, a killer, a serial killer, a convict. He plays a convict on the run led by the merciless Dominic. He plays Dominic. So it's like a home invasion thriller. Kevin James invading your home. But the funny thing about it is the poster, it doesn't even look like Kevin James in the poster. It's kind it's kind of bizarre. Like I cannot see the King of Queens in this picture. Uh, Joel McHale's in it too. Uh, We also have the, the Kalini case on the, on the fifth. We have dinner party. Sorry, the dinner party. Bring your appetites. Something tells me it's uh, it's about a cannibal family or something because we haven't mm. seen that before. No, we haven't. We have the deeper you dig, love won't stay buried. That's a horror movie, actually. And I believe that is it for VOD. Quite a lineup there. Quite a lineup. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff. Blu-ray this week, we got a new 4K release of Jaws. That's probably like the 12th version of Jaws that's come out. Uh, Parasite is coming out. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, definitely pick that up. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is coming out on Shelt Factory. That's one of their Shelt Factory like collector's edition things. Tokyo Godfathers from 2003 is getting a new Blu-ray release. Urban Cowboy from 1980. That looks like a steel book that's coming out. Valhalla Rising from 2009. One Cut of the Dead is coming out. That's also going to be on a steel book. If you haven't seen that yet, I would highly recommend it. 
Uh, Apollo 13 is getting a new 4K edition. That also looks like a steelbook. The Gates of Hell from 1980. That looks like that might be a Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, no, it looks it's a Scorpion releasing. I'm not sure what Scorpion releasing is. New guys on the block. New, new game in town. Uh, let's see. Beanpole from last year is coming out. Flash Gordon from 1980. That looks like another steelbook. Uh, one bedroom from okay. earlier this year. It's kind of a kind of a all right thriller. Extraordinary from I think that came out earlier this year. That's a horror comedy. That's pretty much it. That's those are the the notable ones. What about Criterion's this week? Uh, there are no Criterion's. No Criterion's. I do have one little bit of info because I looked up Scorpion releasing. You know. Wanted to check out the, the, the new game in town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And apparently, their website, scorpionreleasing.com, you know, it says that they specialize in bringing some of the most sought after Indian studio movies, you know. But if you click on that, it just it turns into a, a pharmacy website to sell you some, <laughs> to sell you some pills. So just, just a heads up. <laughs> oh, boy. That, that's kind of funny. I did. I did forget to mention that the Al Adamson masterpiece collection is coming out on Severin Films. This is like okay. all of Al Adamson's movies. It's got like a ton of stuff. It's thirty-two movies, two thousand eight hundred and forty-one minutes. So if you're an Al Adamson fan, this is for you. I saw a little preview of uh, like an unboxing of this this box set, and it looks looks really high quality. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider giving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>